Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Okay, everybody, welcome to another new episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. We are finally back after two weeks. I We apologize. We both got sick. No, we did not catch COVID. We did not test positive for COVID. We just got sick. Co- typical common cold. So we didn't record a couple weeks ago because of that. And we weren't planning on recording last week anyways because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, so here we are after a two week, an unplanned two week hiatus. We've got a good amount to talk about with you today. We're going to look into the playoff picture for the AFC and the NFC in the National Football League as we get down to the wire of the regular season. We're also going to discuss about the college football playoff rankings as we look towards championships Saturday, conference championships are going to be happening across the Power Five and other and other conferences as well. Then we're going to go into some baseball talk as a lockout has happened in Major League Baseball for the first time in 26 years. Fuck you, Rob Manfred, you asshole. But I'll go. We'll go into that later. And then we've also just got some a little news about Tiger Woods and how he has been doing in the golf world. But we will go right into the NFL as we always do. We're gonna break down. We're gonna take a look at the playoff picture on the AFC side and the NFC side as we go into. Week 14, week 14, correct? 13, 14? Uh, should be 13. No, 13. 13. Okay, I'm ahead of myself there. All right, week 13. I'm ahead of myself. All right, perfect. So we'll take a look at the NFC side first. I know that, honestly, like when you really look at the standings, the NFC isn't as great as the, as the AFC in terms of the standings. In my opinion, I'm going to say both conferences are terrible and the league has just been a – been on his fucking turned on his fucking head all season, but we'll take a look at the at the NFC and what kind of clusterfuck they've got going on there. So, obviously, top team in the in the NFC right now, the Arizona Cardinals. They may be getting back Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins as they take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, second seed right now is M- is uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. MVP candidate Aaron Rodgers, if you ask me, because without him, the Packers would be shit. But um, uh, honestly, like we like, you know, I can go down and like in terms of like what the standings are. Like you've got you've got the Bucks like right now. They're the three seed. Then I believe that they're the three seed Cowboys, four seed. And then, like the Rams are the five seed. All of those teams range from anywhere from seven and four to nine and two. The Niners have somehow creeped into the sixth seed at six and five. They uh, they honestly weren't looking too good right now, like going into like as the season progressed. But I guess with how the rest of the NFC has been complete dog shit, they have found their way to actually get on a little like. I don't know. I don't want to say like a you know winning streak or anything like that, but they've they're actually on the three found... game. they're on the three game win streak right now. This is true. This is true. They have found their way on a little winning streak there, but I'm trying to find their schneid. They found their schneid a little bit. That's what I'm looking at there. So that's what's the word I was looking for. So they found a way to creep into the sixth seed, and then from seven on down, you just got complete clusterfuck. 
Um, uh, uh, sir, I want your take on everything and going on in the on, in the NFC right now. So my favorite thing on uh, Monday night uh, coming out of the NFC was that playoff pitch and who's in the hunt. I'm pretty sure when that graphic basically showed everyone that is currently in the NFC minus <laughs> – Mine is like the Lions and the Seahawks. Everyone else is really in the hunt. And it's just uh, very like, so clearly you have like your top four teams in the division um, being just the division leaders right now, the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys, which are the clear favorites. And you drop down to five. And I don't think the Rams are as good as that seven and four record that they have. I mean, they've started to show, I, I don't know if I want to throw out the F word, but I don't know if, Frauds, no, frauds. I don't want. I don't want to call them frauds. Nope, I'm calling them frauds. I'm calling them frauds. I'm throwing that f word out there because they have lost three straight since they acquired Von Miller, and honestly, he hasn't made a huge impact on defense. No, he has. I mean, them getting Von Miller and then OBJ. I mean, you haven't really noticed either of those guys that they brought in, and like people consider he, both those players superstars. Um, so you just kind of wonder what is going on there in LA because it's not even like. Um, Matt Stafford is even looking good at this point in the season. Like it's almost like they're the Rams are looking like they'd be better off with Jared Goff still as their quarterback right now. I mean, clearly they're in this, so they're on a three-game loss streak right now. But they do have like there's a good loss in there. I guess you could they lost good teams. They lost to excuse me in the Packers and the Titans, and they also lost to that like you said like the streaking 49ers right now who look to make a push to stay in that playoff contention and. I, I wouldn't say they're going to make damage in play, so they kind of want to stay right there right? Um, and just get find themselves uh, in the wild card weekend. But, I mean, you look at this Rams team, and they only beat one team this season with a winning record, and that's the Buccaneers in week three. And I think if they played the Buccaneers now, they would lose. I mean, I just don't know. This team just – they had an explosive offense in the beginning of the season, and now it's just kind of like, oh, maybe they're just good because they were playing bad teams. I mean, granted, they do have a Jacksonville this Sunday, so they could look to get back on track. But I mean, losing three mm. games, losing three games in the middle of the season like this is never good, just because it puts you on so much of a skid. And like, this is the time you where you want to start putting wins together to uh, keep yourself in playoff contention. And right now, this seven and four, I genuinely do think they could end up below the San Francisco uh, 49ers. If we're being completely honest, I mean, San Francisco, like you said, has got something going on right now working for them, and they're clicking all around. I mean, Debo Samuel running back, it might be one of the best uh, things Kyle Shanahan has done for this team. Um, clearly not the best thing he's done for the team, but this season, I mean, he looks unstoppable, and it's weird to see um, that defense finally got healthy, and they, they're looking decent now. Um, I mean, I just don't – this NFC is just a complete – coin flip outside of Cost, the top. clusterfuck it's a clusterfuck yeah. yeah outside of the top four it's just a complete clusterfuck because i mean you got the vikings and uh washington football team also sitting just at five and six right now and they're both looking to get a playoff so i think the vikings are right and i think the vikings have a real chance to make the playoffs because i mean this clearly this viking team isn't the best but i mean kurt cousins like He's a quarterback that can get you the can get the job done for you when needed. It's just a matter of fact if they can put together a full team, a full team wins here going down this last this back half stretch of the season now. But they're only being what is there now six games up in the NFL season, seven yeah. some teams. 
Yeah, six or seven practically, depending on like what they're six or seven right now, depending on whether or not they had their bye week. But going back to the Rams, honestly, I, I I'm gonna throw the F word out. I think they're frauds, honestly. The Rams honestly tried to pull like they're trying to be an all star a team of all stars. But the thing is though, is it's not working. Like this team of all stars that they have, it would be great if it was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. Because that was like when a lot of these players were in their like when a lot of these players were in their primes, like they were just balling out. Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. You know, if you had though, if you had 2015 and or 2016 Von Miller or, or OBJ, honestly, like that that those moves that would be insane. Like those moves would work perfectly for them. But the thing is though, is like those two players, like they're older, you know. Obviously, they don't move as fast and quick as they, they anymore. Odell actually got some garbage time stats, which uh, which showed that he could potentially blossom in terms of the Rams' offense. Von Miller really hasn't impressed me on the defense. Um, honestly, I really don't know what to say about Matthew Stafford because, like, we – well, we, the main me, the mainstream me, like, we – on the podcast, the mainstream media as well, other people as well. They were talking about how Matthew Stafford was an MVP candidate, like a week, like a, like what week four, week five, like, you know, they were talking like, Oh, Matthew Stafford looks like he's making the Rams offense so much better. And now the Rams offense kind of looks like, I don't know, uh, as if like, you know, Jared Goff never left and didn't go to go and didn't get traded to Detroit or even like, I, I couldn't even tell you like what other like, scrub Rams quarterback that was on the team before Jared Goff or like when when they moved to Los Angeles or even when they were back in St. Louis like like what Sam Brad like it kind of looks like a Rams offense led by like either Sam Bradford or or when Nick Nick Foles was on if Nick Foles was on the Rams I don't I believe he was I can't remember that man's a journeyman or even or even or even when Case, I believe Case Keenum was on the Rams at some point too like that, he's another journeyman quarterback. But if you get what I'm saying there, like it kind of reminds me of those Rams offenses that like were stagnant and did nothing, but but somehow they're able to find a, they were able to find a way to get some garbage time points against the Packers, um, which made that game look more competitive than it was. But yeah, no, the score lies for that game. The Packers dominated that game. Exactly, and that's why I think the Packers are actually the best team in the National Football League. Um, uh, well, I, I have, I, I would have to disagree. I mean, well, I, I have there to Arizona. Yeah. Second best. They're like one in one a, we will agree on this Arizona and green Bay, two best teams in the, in the NFL. And they're both in the NFC. I think that just based on the, the fact that the Cardinals have just won two games now without their starting quarterback. And like, they put, like, they've been able to keep this team. What they're not sitting at nine and two right now. Yeah, they're sitting at nine and two. The, the top fact of that they're, the they're missing like uh, their two star players and still being able to put together some wins. Um, you just look at the team. It's like okay, maybe this team is more complete than people like to give them credit for. Because I think a lot of people are looking at this team like they're still like, oh, it's just the Cardinals, anyways. So it's like, what? It's like, are they actually this good? And I don't think anyone wants to admit that they're as good as they are yet. And now you look at them coming back. I mean, hopefully Murray and Hopkins are back this week. Um, after their injuries, and it's like just look at what this team was doing um, the whole season while they were healthy, and it's, I think it's finally time to say they're I think the standalone best team in the NFL right now. 
Um, just I, I do agree with you that clearly the Packers are the second, but I just think that the Cardinals are just possibly a deep a deeper team than the Packers are. The car both teams are pretty deep when you really think about it. I mean, don't forget the Cardinals did lose to the Packers in that head-to-head Thursday night matchup a few weeks back. I mean, yeah, it ended on a crazy play like all the, like AJ Green didn't turn around and didn't get the ball <laughs> and everything, but the Packers still won. But yes. I've been saying it all along, though. Everybody was like, oh, it's the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Cardinals. I said all along, the Cardinals would be a dark horse. They could be a threat in the NFC. They could go, they could be one of those sneaky teams. And nobody was listening to me. Everybody was everybody was telling me, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I and what really killed me was every, like it goes back to the off season. It goes back to the off season, uh, like this past offseason, I understand J.J. Watt's out for the season now and everything, but when J.J. Watt signed, everybody was like, why would why is he going there? They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything uh, last season. Like I'm like, he's going to play with Chandler Jones, one of the better defensive players in the league, I would say, at least in the top. I would say on, on his day, Chandler Jones is still like a top 20 defensive player in the league, in my honest opinion. Um, he can ha- He has his good moments there. Um, another thing too is like, you know, going the offense can care the offense can still do the offense is very, very capable. I mean, like when you look at it, you've got Kyler Murray, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, like you have Christian Kirk, you have AJ Green, you've got Chase Edmonds, James Connor. I know that Chase Edmonds is on injured reserve right now, but you still have James Connor. And then even like when Zach Ertz got traded like before the de- the trade deadline. Like everybody's like, why is he going to Arizona? Why is he going to Arizona? Like they're not like they're not gonna do anything. They are nine and two. They are a dark horse. They're going to be a threat in the National Football Conference and in the National Football League. And I was telling everybody that and they and where are you all now? You are all fucking hiding. Because you are all because you are all afraid to admit that I was right. Sorry, I'm ranting, but the thing is though, it's like it really kind of upsets me that like people like think they know what they're talking about whether it's on social media or in the mainstream media. And it's like, no, stop, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about here. You don't take a look at the roster. You have a bunch of pro bowlers. You have a good amount of all pros. Yes. I know they lost some key players uh, at some positions, whether it was in off season transit transactions or injuries. But the thing is though, is even on the defense, the defensive side of the ball, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, you know they uh they've got a good they've got a good amount of defensive players that can carry the can carry the team on that side of the ball too. That's why they're the best team in the in the league. But the Packers, yeah, Packers are the second best. They're like one in one A right now. I mean, we know where they are because of Aaron Rodgers. We all know that if Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the team, that they suck. We saw that against Kansas City. Can't, uh, Jordan Love completely shit the bed, didn't do anything. Kansas City only won that game because of Jordan Love playing quarterback for the Packers. We all know that. That We all know that now. Um, but enough about the top two teams in the league, like in the conference and in the league itself. Kind of want to look at, go back towards the bottom. Like you're talking about Washington, Minnesota, and even like, you know, those five and six teams and seven, like, I'm going to agree with you. I really feel like Minnesota could potentially squeak in and get like either that six or seven seed there. The only thing that bothers me is Minnesota's like in that purgatory state, you know, like you don't know if they're good. Like they have a good, they have a good enough team 
where like they can actually make the playoffs, but because like of how they play, it's almost as if like you don't know whether or not they should tank or or like if they actually could actually try to make the playoffs. Like they're so stagnant, it's not even funny. Like the only thing I can say about the Minnesota Vikings right now is at least Kirk Cousins isn't playing stupid football at quarterback. I mean, he made a stupid blunder, like, where he went under guard instead of center there. But, I mean, the Niners were winning that game all day regardless because of the because of the great offensive play of Debo Samuel. So, it's not as if Kirk Cousins has been costing the Vikings any games while, while as their quarterback. No, no. I mean, you look at their games all season. Most of their games have been – close games well their losses at least have been like close games minus last week against the 49ers look at every other loss it's by just a touchdown like it's just yeah it's like single, single digits touchdown. yeah They're, they should beat arizona in like week two they went in a shootout with them mm-hmm. and if i remember correctly they ended up missing a field goal to win the game yep and then they lost to the ravens on that uh, justin tucker last minute or last second field goal as well yeah, the only thing that sucks is is that they barely beat Detroit. Uh, no, did they? Bar- was it that they barely beat Detroit, or did they kick Detroit's ass? I can't remember now. They barely beat Detroit. It was like nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. They, they yeah. won on the last second field goal. There. They won a last second field goal too. Yeah, but they, they, I mean, they beat just Detroit. beat the Packers and the Chargers though. This is true. See now, you see where I'm getting with that. Yeah, this, is, this is the issue with this team is that they can be good, but they can also be so bad at the exact same time is why it's kind of hard to see where you want to rank this team. Now I get Kirk Cousins has been very smart with the ball all season. He's only thrown, I think, two two or three interceptions. I know he, he doesn't turn the ball over at all. Nope. Just help this team. But when you just also look as like when he does make mistakes, it's like just those boneheaded mistakes. Like what what are you what were you doing there? Yeah, the only the only the only game that I really say is a head scratcher to me is how the fuck did they not beat the Cowboys on Sunday night when Cooper Rush was quarterback? That's the only game. That's that's where I thought the Cowboys were the best team in the NFL because their defense stepped up in that game and Cooper Rush did just enough to actually win the game for the Cowboys. Whereas the Vikings couldn't do shit on offense. And they had Kirk Cousins. They had Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook, but it just it just mind bog. It was just mind boggling to see how that unfolded there. So that's one loss that like that loss there. Them barely beating the winless Lions, like that 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 expo- that gives me like the thought of like you know I like to call it purple purgatory because their colors are purple and their team is so stagnant so like they you don't know which direction they're going to go in at this point because they're 5 and 6 which means in the NFC right now they're technically in playoff contention but the thing is though is like they're 5 and 6 you don't know should should they just say fuck it and like you know we'll focus on next season but because of that five, but because of how terrible the NFC is from seeds from practically six on in in the NFC, that's exactly like what the like why you've got that going on there in terms of that. Stand exactly like why the Vikings, you know, are kind of just like, eh, we'll 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 see what's happening here. I mean, I also don't blame them because you know, Washington's five and six. I mean, who knows how long they can sustain everything here. I mean, 
who knows how long they can sustain everything. The Falcons somehow have five wins. I mean, I can't say much. They beat the Giants, but they're five and six. New Orleans is five and six. Philadelphia, Carolina are both five and seven. I mean, so, and then you have, and then you have the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears at four and seven, and somehow win the hunt in Week Thirteen. <laughs> yeah, Fourth, th- this dynamic of the NFC this year is so so weird. I mean, it, it's the it's NFC just, East on steroids. Yeah, it's like it's like they took the NFC beast and just put it into all of the NFC, and it's like. Uh, how how do some teams win some of the games they're winning? And it's like, how how do you just keep how do you keep losing games on? Well, See, I, I don't mean, look, I don't, I just I, I get like it's like we always say it's a week to week league. Everyone's paid to play. I get it, but it's like there's no even clear like favorites out. Like I said, outside the top four, you're just kind of looking down. It's like you can I make even you can make the an, Cowboys a top four. I wouldn't even consider the Cowboys a favorite. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, like, I don't want to go on a Cowboys rant here because ESPN does that enough on a daily basis. I mean, it could be Saturday morning. It could be Friday evening, and the Cowboys haven't had played in, like, a week, and they'll do whatever. But, I mean, they really haven't impressed me as of late. Yeah, they beat the the only the only win that impressed me. Like, I mean, it was the Falcons. And, again, I can't say much because the Giants lost to the Falcons. But still, like – but still, like, uh, you know, they lost to the Ra- they lost to the Raiders on Thanksgiving after coming back and forcing overtime. They lost that game there. Um, I forget who they lost to before the Falcons, but I remember they they lost before they beat the Falcons there. Um, and now they've got New Orleans coming up later or later on tonight um, for Thursday night football. Uh, so we'll see how that game goes there. Um, they lost but, to the Chiefs before they lost to the Raiders. That's right. That's right. They lost to the Chiefs. Yeah, they lost to the Chiefs, and and that yeah, because the Chiefs actually like ran that. The Chiefs actually like ran that gauntlet that we talked about. Um, uh, that we talked about a few weeks ago. That's right. So um, uh, but yeah, they lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Raiders. They beat the Falcons. Like they've got the Saints coming up tonight. I mean, I kind. I'm kind of rooting for the Cowboys to win. The only reason why is is because New Orleans would fall to five and seven, and if the Giants somehow beat Miami on Sunday, we jump ahead of New Orleans in the standings because we got them on that head-to-head. Yeah, I mean, my unfortunately for you guys, you're catching Miami at the wrong time because Miami has been buzzing this past couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. like you said, like anything, just anything could still happen, and we like, Detroit, may, until- Detroit could win a game. Who knows? I've I given up hope on my my favorite zero and team ever not getting a win. I am that ship has sailed for me. I don't think they will win a game all season. Um, the only other team besides the Lions, though, that you, that you can't really make a case for for making it the playoffs is the Seattle Seahawks. They're fucking dead. They're dead in the water. They get they got embarrassed. They're they're an embarrassment and an abomination. They can't even beat a team with no name. Fucking assholes. Russell Wilson hasn't been the same because he had a pin in his fi- had a pin in his finger because his finger like went up against Aaron Donald's helmet. They still haven't addressed the offensive line issues, and honestly, they haven't been the same since like 2015. I think I think it's Carroll's time to go. I mean, he's 70 years old. I think it's time for him to just uh, just retire and get on out of there because I think I think genuinely he is a true re- true person hurting this team. Um, granted, Russell Wilson did come back from injury um, too, too early, early, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yes, but, I'm I mean, with you just, there. This team just hasn't been good all season. 
Um, I don't want to put it. I know a lot of people are blaming Russ. I don't even like. I don't put it on Russ. I think. Mm-mm. I think this team is just terrible all around. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just issues on both sides of the ball. I mean, that defense is atrocious. The offense just can't seem to get clicking. Um, and you have a quarterback like Russ. I mean, who last night missed a wide open DK Metcalf plenty of times, or excuse me, Monday night, um, plenty of times. It's like you, you just kind of wonder what is going out that team because. At least that offense should make you competitive in mostly every game, whereas they haven't really been competitive too much this season. Exactly. Everybody thought that the Seahawks would be up there with the Rams and Cardinals competing with the division. Instead, they're competing with the bottom feeders of the of the league in, uh, in like, you know, the Jets, the Texans, and the Jaguars, and the Lions for a top-five draft pick. They have the same record as the Jets. Only three teams in the league have a worse record. And I just mentioned them, the two and nine Texans, the two and nine Jaguars and the O ten and one Lions. Who would have thought that this year that the Seattle Seahawks of all teams would have a worse record than the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants? Yeah, I'm not really too sure how um, the Bears are still finding their way in contention. Um, I they're I just I think the Bears are done. It's um, the power of Big Cat. He's yeah, just praying. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the next three ahead for the Bears, you got the Cardinals, and you go to the Packers and the Vikings, so they're kind of running your gauntlet there. And Pretty I much. I can't even find an excuse for them to win any of those games. Um, so I think they're kind of – I mean, right now looking at the schedule or looking at the, looking at their record, you can make the argument for them, but I do think after this week they will probably be eliminated from contention. Um, same with your Giants, unfortunately. If you guys don't get a win this week against the Dolphins, I think you have to write yourselves off for playoff contention as well. Got rid my side again, but then again, I, it has just been a weird season all around. So really anything could happen. Like an eight-win team coming out of the NFC could make it to playoffs. I've written the Giants off so many times this season every time. And every time I write them off, I'm it's like it's like in the Godfather of Three, just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in, and I'm just like, fuck, I just want to root for chaos at this point. Don't give me all the false hope here. Come on now. But, uh, nah, I've said it time and time again. If, if we weren't stupid against Washington, we would beat them. That's a win. If we would have, be- if the offense showed up against Atlanta, we would have beat them. And, well, if the offense, show- if, uh, if we weren't stupid on penalties against the Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs wouldn't be where they're at currently right now. Um, uh, and we would have, that would be, that's three, that's three more wins right there. But the thing is though, what it could have, what it could have should have, but they didn't. So we're four and seven and instead of seven and four, it is what it is. Um, we're, we're, we're a team in a purgatory too. my, the team I support is a team in a purgatory too. I don't want to go too much on a rant about it, but they're somehow in playoff contention in the hunt in week 13. I mean, if they somehow beat my, if they somehow beat Miami next week, I'll be like, I'll be impressed. Like next week on Sunday, I'll be happy. I'll be impressed. The only thing is though is that like when you take a look at the schedule for the t- for them, like when you take you take a look, they have to go to the Chargers after that. I mean, and then it's just running a gauntlet in the NFC. They have the Cowboys, the, the Eagles again, the Bears, and then home again. They so. I mean, it's just a it's just a matter of like whatever happens happens. 
I mean, the only the only teams I can see them beating out of this. I mean, they may win their last three games. That's it. But the thing is, though, is that that's still seven wins. I don't think seven wins getting into the playoffs. No way that's happening. Not at all. Not in a seventeen game season. No, not in a seventeen game season, and not even in the NFC East because the Cowboys already have seven wins. So um, that's an improvement from last year. Uh, but I do want to switch over to the AFC. We want to switch over to the AFC now in terms of that. And then like, we can just, you know, kind of run through there. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, the AFC looks better in terms of the AFC looks better. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Neither conference has like really impressed me in terms of like the playoff positioning. But the thing is, though, is the AFC is more competitive in terms of looking at the standings than the than the NFC by far. I mean, Baltimore eight and three leading the way. New England and Tennessee are the two and three, and then Kansas City. I told you they. I told found everybody, huh? So they found a way. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. The Bengals, the five seed. I mean, the Bengals are finding their way to again. I mean, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon, they're finding a way. Um, your Buffalo Bills are the six seed at seven and four. And then you've got a tie. And then you've got seven, eight, nine, all six and five. All AFC West teams right there. And then what? <laughs> the app is really – the. Oh, God. I love it. So, Indianapolis right now is 10th in the AFC at 6-6. Six and six, yep. And they have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh is the 11th seed at 5-5-1. Five, five and one, And they own the tiebreaker o- over Cleveland because of head-to-head win percentage. And Cleveland is 6-6. Six and six. I mean, how much does a factor of that tie play in for the Steelers there? The Steelers. The Steelers are done. I really well, yeah. want. Well, Big Steelers, Ben looked terrible last week. I mean, Big Ben looked terrible against the Bengals. But that tie, that tie, that tie was minuscule in terms of how bad the Steelers have been over the last few weeks. I mean, honestly, if the Steelers, the Steelers lose to Baltimore this week, I'm going to put a nail in their coffin on the season. But that tie, honestly, like, is psychologically embarrassing. Because I don't care that you had Mason Rudolph starting against the Detroit Lions. You still tied the Lions. And it wasn't even in Detroit. You tied them at home. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, though, I mean, this team is just – clear. I, Big Ben needs to be done, I think. I think they just need to sit Big Ben down and be like, listen, your time has passed, buddy. Um, you're done here. But, yeah, like you said, no matter who was starting for them against Detroit, you're still playing the Lions at the end of the day. And you'll manage. I don't get how you just manage to tie the Lions. Well, the my Lions, thing is Lions, and I mean they just haven't been. I I don't know. I just don't like this team. Just confuses me because whenever I want to write them off, they go get a they go get a win, and it's like okay. Then they come back and show two blunders, and then for some reason this week, I do think that they're going to beat the Ravens just based on the fact of how this season has gone and for the for the AFC standings because right now. The Ravens are top of the AFC, and whenever we see a team go top of the AFC, we've talked about this before, they just seem to lose. Yes, exactly. I'm with you on that right there. The only thing that really bothers me is that, like, I really, I, I'm, I'm the opposite way. I think the Ravens are going to roll over this, roll over the Steelers, honestly, on Sunday. 
But the thing that really bothers me is, like you said, we write them off and they somehow find a way to win a fucking game after that. And it's like, oh, guess who's guess who's in playoff contention still? Them. They don't go away. They, they're still fucking there. But the thing is, though, is I really think that this team, this team is terrible compared to teams of Steeler past. Like they forgot about the Steeler way of life, the, the Steeler, the, the philosophy of the Pittsburgh Steelers that practically has been implemented into every brain of everybody that has ever played for that team since Chuck Knoll took over as head coach in 1969. This Steelers team is more worried about social media, social media, TikToks, Snapchats, Instagram lives, whatever. They're more worried about being on their phones, being active on social media, getting all the clicks. Playing music at practice. Playing music in practice. <laughs> I, I saw one football team dancing at practice. Okay, and they did, and and they got criticized too. Okay, cough, cough, Buffalo, cough, oh, cough. I mean, did you did you hear a Tomlin's statement against a, a for Claypool? That's what I was alluding to there with their music at practice. Yes, I know that. I know that. I I I just needed to call out Buffalo for dancing a few weeks ago, be nonchalantly giving not giving you shit. To, you didn't need to put. You didn't need to throw us under the bus yet. We're gonna get there. Uh, I won't throw anybody under the bus there until uh, unless they lose on Monday night. But going back to the Steelers, there. Um. Uh, yeah. No. Claypool with with music at practice. I really feel like Tomlin's lost control of the team. Honestly. I really do. I mean, the thing is, though, is like it's almost as if the players don't give a shit anymore. Like when you look at even the teams like when Tomlin started out as head coach all those years ago, which is insane because I feel like I which is insane. I mean, Tomlin, I've been we have been watching the National Football League for well, we're both in our 20s now, 24, 24. I'll be 24 at the end of the year. So but Mike Tomlin has been the head coach of the Steelers for all but like. 10 years of all but like eight eight to 10 years of my life like the majority of my life Mike Tomlin's been the head coach but when he took over after Cowher retired like yeah he had better players then than he does now but they still had that philosophy philosophy implemented into their brains now you look at the now you look at it Big Ben does Big Ben's been there the entire time but he doesn't give a shit he's old he's gonna retire eventually and he knows it and then you've got player and then you've got players like Juju, obviously out for the season, but he's more worried about doing his TikTok dances. Claypool's more worried about uh, Claypool's more worried about uh, dance having music on it put at practice with that. Um, and then you've got the and then you've got anybody on defense, and like it looks like they don't give a shit either. I mean, it's nothing that's stu- it's not as stupid as Antonio Brown going on Facebook Live all those years ago uh, when Pittsburgh was in the playoffs, I believe, but. I mean, I really think Tomlin has kind of lost control of the team in terms of like in terms of man management. Yeah, I, you, I, everything you're saying is right. It's kind of like I, it's it's like uh, I, I don't want to call them a dynasty because I don't I wouldn't think they're ever a dynasty, but like their time of like them just dominating um the AFC North and constantly being in playoffs has just come to an end and I mean we've seen it over the past couple of years this this demise coming to an end I think we're like to the boiling point of it now where there needs to be some serious changes uh, yeah serious changes to whether I mean I like Tomlin as a coach so I don't want to put anything on him I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL I do too um, I really in do my too. opinion um but I do think there needs to be a big change that happens to this team just based on what we have seen just over the past couple of years. And it's like, 
It's like, all right, their time is coming. It's almost time. It's like we get, need to rebuild and you have to start somewhere with that, whether it is Tomlin or just finding Big Ben's replacement, which I think they probably tried to for the past couple of years. But who knows? But who knows? Exactly. I mean, yeah. The only thing is, though, we'll see if they beat the Ravens on Sunday. And if they do, then, uh, hey, guys, we're still here. Don't forget about us, and then we'll become we'll we'll record our next podcast, our podcast episode next week, and we'll be saying, "Oh, they're still in contention somehow." So, like, it's fun. they're they're another team like right now in purgatory. You can't write them off completely, even though they suck. But the thing is, though, is they're still in contention, so we can't write them off. Yeah, that's which the, that's the issue. Is they're just sitting. They're doing enough still to keep us talking about them, even though we clearly know what they like. Their true colors are. We know they are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were, who we thought they were. They're fucking terrible, but yet they still find a way to prove to add to more, give us this mirage. Of, yeah, they're only good like, win this year's over the Bills. Week one, I know. And now, and the thing is, though, is like based off of how the Bills have been. We'll go to your team now. We'll go to them. We'll go to them. Because of how the Bills have like traded wins and losses in their last six games, I don't even consider that a good win for the Steelers. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I really don't know what to make of your team right now. I mean, this is your the Buffalo Bill. The Buffalo Bills are coming. It's like coming up against the Patriots in the game of the season, if you ask me, on Monday Night Football. And once again, here we are. Everybody, you like this season, it should have been, oh, Buffalo is the favorite in this game. But the thing is, though, guess what? Everybody, guess who everybody's talking about again? New, guy, new, new quarterback, new, new team, practically same coach. Everybody's talking about the Patriots. It's what can Buffalo do to beat New England, not the other way around. And actually, that kind of disappoints me in a way because I really, because the thing is, though, is we, we know what the Buffalo Bills are capable of. Do the Buffalo Bills know what they're capable of is the question. That's the problem with this team right now. I mean, clearly now losing Tredavious right, right, right for the season is going to hurt a lot. Um, oh, just because yeah. I don't really trust Levi Wallace in the number one corner role. Levi um, Wallace isn't even a number two corner. Why is no. he – he won't even be capable to be a number one. I mean, I hope he proves me wrong on that comment, but – But I also do think people in the media are overhyping what this Patriots team is. Granted, I know the Patriots are good. Trust me. I'm I'm, I'm a Bills fan. I'm going to admit it. Um, I think Mac Jones is good. I don't think Mac Jones is good as a medium as – media is making him out to be. I mean, if you really watch his games, all he, he does is little dink and dunk passes for like he'll throw a three to five yards down the field, let his receivers do the rest of the work. That's what's that's it's a fine game. I mean, that's what the Patriots have always done. Yes, um, that's so the Josh McDaniels way of football. Yeah, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I just think there's like Mac Jones. Um the, the hype is too much for where he is because I I'm not scared to admit he's a good quarterback. Um he was probably the safest choice at quarterback coming out of the draft this year. I mean, I don't think anyone you're you're just stupid if you disagree with that. Um, that I agree. Clearly, he was. I mean, you. Everyone's heard the scouts coming going into that. Um, he was the most NFL ready quarterback coming out of the draft. Um, you look. I say three, four years down the road, we will not be considering him the best quarterback out of this draft still. Um, but that's down the road. Um, I'm with like you. Like I'm still under the impression. It's like, what does the Patriots need to do to beat the Bills? Um, I'm still in that mindset. Clearly, the Bills have put up a couple stinkers this year. 
Um, I'm not really too sure like what to make of those, especially the most confusing game to me is not even the loss to the Jaguars. It's how the Colts dominated us and just how Jonathan, my issue was there's two times now where we played teams that have solid running backs um, and Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, and they just had both running backs had had themselves a game. And I think that's a big issue for the Bills is they can't stop. They can't stop a team that has a good run game. And our offense just isn't as explosive as we've seen them be in, as we saw last year and in a couple of games earlier in the season where they're putting up basically 40 points a game for a couple of games there. It's like, what happened to that team? Now, granted, um, we did just blow out the Saints on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, it was kind of expected. Um, the, the, the Bills basically dominated that game from start to finish for the most part. Um I am not worried yet about the Bills, but they clearly do have issues. And the biggest issue for me is that offensive line. Um, I don't know if we have talked about it on the podcast before or not, but that offensive line is a big fear for the Bills. Um, But now, I mean, we're getting Spencer Brown back. And who would have thought that the Bills' most important player on offense this year would have been a third third round draft pick in Spencer Brown rather than Josh Allen? Because Josh Allen's a great quarterback. It seems like you need the Spencer, offensive line to protect yeah, him, though. When Spencer Brown's not in the game, it's like Josh Allen's running for his life out there. And this is why you see him make some of these bonehead plays this year that we have seen from him. Um, granted, I mean, he's still one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL stat-wise and just based on the fact that how this he can take this team to dominate games. Um, but you just need that offensive line to be able to protect. If you have a good quarterback, you need an offensive line to protect him. Because if you don't have the offensive line, then what's the point? Um, of having a good quarterback. So my thing is, I want I want to circle back a little bit here, talking about the physical running game, the physical good physical running backs that the Bills have, that the Bills lost to, um, uh, over the season. Obviously, yes, Derrick Henry, who statistically wise is still in the top five in, in a good amount of rushing categories still, and he's been out for the season for like what four weeks now, which yeah, is think, impressive. Yeah, I think four weeks. Jonathan Taylor, MVP candidate based off of that, based off of that there. Uh, didn't show up as much against the Bucks as he did against the Bills, though. Um, but still, he had a good outing there. You you mentioned, yeah, we blew out the Saints. You blew out the, the Bills blew out the Saints. It was kind of expected. I want to I, I want to ask you a question here. And don't beat around the bush, please. I'm gonna ask you a question straight up. If Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram were not out for that game on Thanksgiving night, do the, do the, do the Bills still beat the Saints? Yes. You really think so? Um, I genuinely do think so because I think Alvin Kamara is a he's a solid running back. Don't get me wrong; he's one of the top five running backs in the league. Um, I think he's just not as physical as the issues we got when we played. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Um, okay. But, and then you also look at <clears throat> you, uh, Trevor Simeon was still under center for that team. Yes. While I do agree with you on that part there, I do think that Alvin Kamara and Mark Ing- and Mark Ingram, if they were healthy, like I do believe that would have had some impact on the game there. But right, the thing right, is, right, they, yes, they might have scored a couple more touchdowns, but we still scored 31 points on their defense. Um, should have been 38 if it wasn't for a bullshit, uh, bullshit uh, ineligible receiver downfield call. Um, Josh should have That's had right. five, five touchdowns and one interception instead of the four and two that he had. But I mean, hey, 
refs are going to do what the refs, refs don't do. give a shit this entire yeah. season. Well, like I said, I don't want to play Monday morning quarterback. I just wanted to ask you that opinion because obviously New Orleans has a solid running back tandem in Kamara and Ingram, and when they're healthy, they actually perform. That's why I wanted to ask you that. But we all know you play with who you have. You beat. You have to beat them with who you have, not with who you don't have right now, um, whether it's an injury or – you know, if they're not on the team anymore or whatever. Yeah, exactly. then you could, I mean, you could look at our game against the Jaguars. I'd be like, okay, if we had Feliciano and Spencer Brown, it's like maybe that game's different. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you, can, a, you can look at that at any, any team. Any game, any team. Exactly. Yeah, any game, any team. That's a problem where people are like, oh, if we had him, it doesn't matter. NFL teams uh, go through injuries all the time. I just um, yeah. you have to work with what you exactly. I I, I just wanted to ask you that. I just wanted to see if I could like if I could get something out of you there. Oh, no, I, I know I know a lot of people in Buffalo, um, especially like people who haven't like who asked me, uh, even six years ago now, six or seven years ago, you asked me, would you take the Bills being seven and four at this point in the season? I would say hell yes. Yeah, and the thing is though is like I I really hate asking oh if this if this team had this or I, it actually pained me to ask you that question. Yeah, well, I understand why you're saying that because uh, it pained me a little bit because I, it's just like well if my team had this and my team no yeah. no you lost my, you my fucking lost. Is that, like, the, the game we lost against the Colts it's like our defense was going to that game was the number one defense in the NFL we just got tore up. And then we just go in on Thanksgiving and we only give up six points. It's like, it's like, why? How do we give up 41 the week before? Um, I don't know. People are like, oh, this is why the Bills need a dome and stuff because of how the weather was. Fucking the Colts played in the same exact weather as we did. That's exactly it right there. I, I, we're going to get off topic here. I know that, but I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I always hate that. I always hated that excuse. I really did. So they're, they're playing the same game we are. Do you remember the game again? Like we're gonna go back years now, and I know we're off topic here, but I I know we don't we don't give a shit. Let's be honest here. But no, do you sure. remember? Do you remember when they played Cleveland all those years ago, uh, in the snow? Two thousand uh, is like two thousand six. Yeah, in the snow, yeah. and the game it was, was a six like three, five to three. Remember that five? The, it was like okay, yeah, it was, to, yeah, five to three, eight to three, or it was like eight to three or whatever. Remember that game? Yes, they I played, do. it was like a blizzard. Do you remember when Mormon punted and, and then like they punted Mormon was in the back of the end zone and he kicked the ball out of, and he, and he didn't even punt. He just kicked the ball out of bounds and took the safety. Yes. Yeah. So you remember that game. It was blizzard and everybody, and everybody was blaming the weather. And I'm like, Cleveland played in the same exact fucking snow. You fucking idiots. Shut up. I know. I want to, I want to stay off top here. Cause I see a lot of people, Bitch online, like, oh, this is why Buffalo needs a dome. The Josh plays better in a dome. Then how come Brady dominated us for 20 years? Not, you know what I mean. Um, without like Brady has played without a dome. Rodgers has played without a dome. Russell Wilson has played without a dome when he was in his prime. You look at all these good quarterbacks. It's like they didn't need a dome to be good. Why does why is Josh special? Like Patrick Mahomes plays without a dome. He does what he does. The weather, no. the weather is always shitting all these places up north in the in the winter. It's like. Stop trying to make that excuse that we need it when other people have been able to be legends without it. Exactly. I mean, like you said, Green Bay, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, New England, Tom Brady, Seattle, Russell Wilson, now Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it just, oh, I mean, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the same yeah. way. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, if, if every team could get a dome on their stadium, I bet they would love that. 
but guess what? Not everyone does. And this is no. what football is. It's an outdoor sport. Weather is going to come into play. Stop bitching about it. It's my least favorite. No, thing the fans see. just the, the fans just don't want to sit in the, the fans just don't want to sit in an old stadium drunk as fuck uh, in thirty degree weather. Like when it's free with the with, in thir- anywhere from thirty degree weather to uh, I don't know weather in the like t- in the single digits with like negative wind chills with either freezing conditions or freezing rain or snow or whatever. I think the fans are just getting sick and tired of doing that. Well, if you don't want to go, if you don't want to sit in the freezing cold or the snow or the rain, watch don't the go to the home. fucking game. Yeah, watch the game from home. Watch the game from home or go to the bar. You're gonna get drunk no matter what. So what's the point? Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. No, they're they're afraid if they don't go to the game, the the game will get blacked out. Blackouts haven't happened in fucking years, you idiots. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure every game is considered sold out because all these companies buy the tickets and resell them. Pretty much, that's exactly what happens there. I know we got off topic there. I really don't care. I know you don't care. This is our podcast, but yeah, you you made a good point there about that there. But yeah, no, I I'm actually looking forward to the Monday night game. I really am. I, it's it's gonna be a defensive. Sta- it's gonna be a stagnant defensive game. I, it's I supposed really- to be it's supposed to be shitty weather here in Buffalo as well. So, <laughs> so if they lose, so are they gonna, gonna blame the weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. No, I will never make an excuse for the weather. Are the fans? Um, are, are the fake fans gonna make an excuse for the weather? The Buffalo media, Mike. The Buffalo media has been bitching. You mean the all... fan? Bo- you mean the fanboy media? Yes. Well, well, even like like Nate Geary has been bitching about it on Twitter. Okay, like, I fuck. Like... Okay, I don't follow him on Twitter. I see some of some of his tweets because of because of people that I follow like his tweets. I'm just like, why do you follow this guy? He's a moron. Shut the fuck up. Some I don't want to see some of his takes are good. Then his that like some of them I was like, dude, I'm like, you shut up. I'm like, you, you like, this is some of the like some of the worst stuff. Is it might be worse than uh, Paul Hamilton talking about the saber sometimes. Oh my God, Paul Hamilton. Okay, I feel bad about for Paul Hamilton in a way because I didn't like didn't didn't like somebody in his. I might, be I, feel, of, I might be thinking about Mike Harrington. Both of them are terrible for them, but Paul Hamilton, like I, I Paul Hamilton, like has a relative like that had cancer, has or had cancer or something like that. So in a way, I feel bad for Paul Hamilton there because that's something that I don't wish upon anybody. Oh no, um, uh, but it, because, it shouldn't affect his sports takes. No, it should not. But th- I feel bad for him there because of like what's affecting him in his personal life, if that's the case there. Oh, 100%. but um, but um, uh, yeah, no, his sports takes are terrible. Mike Carrington, Mike Carrington's sports takes are terrible for the Sabres too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this uh, not, let's now you know why I don't listen to WGR or read the Buffalo News. <laughs> I respect that there, but uh, let's get back on topic a little bit because I want to know what you genuinely think about the New England Patriots and your stance on them. Um, whether it be there, are they the best team in the AFC East, or do you still crown that to Buffalo? Um, I'm not crowning anybody. If you ask me right now, I'm at, a, I'm at, I'm at, a, I'm actually just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride and see what happens on Monday night. And whoever wins on Monday night, I will crown um, the best team in the AFC East when we record next week. Can I pull that trick on you there? No, fair enough there, because I completely agree with you. Because for me, it's like we won it last year, so clearly we're still the top dogs. But I'm like, oh, but they've won it for the past how many every year? So I mean, like, you're top dogs right now because you won it and you've and you made the playoffs and you were one game from the Super Bowl. But the thing is, though, is you're not that team that was one game from the Super Bowl last season. You actually like kind of like the Bills have actually kind of like you know, they're hit that stagnant. They hit that stagnant state. Like, where are we? Like, obviously, they're not in the state of purgatory where it's like. Right. 
we're the, terrible, so what do we do? You're seven and four. Look, the problem compl- is people are saying Josh Allen's regressing. Is like you compare no. that you compare his stats from this time last year to this time this year. They're identical. I think he's thrown one more touchdown and he's thrown two more interceptions than last year at this time. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure like his yards are within like 30 or 40 of each other. Exactly. Everything looks the same there. Let me ask you this about the AFC here. What do you think of the Titans right now? They're eight and four. Julio Jones is on IR. Derrick Henry obviously out for the season. AJ Brown is also injured too. What do you think? On IR. Do you think the Titans stay in that top in, in that top four there, or do you think they regress and somehow find a way to lose the division to Indianapolis and somehow get a wild card spot, or not even make the playoffs at all? Um, so I do think they're going to get a wild card spot, but the way Indy has looked the past couple weeks now, and Indy's really, um, I don't know if they're getting hot too early or what it is, but um, I do think Indy is going to win that division. I think they're going to win the AFC South just based on the fact that all these injuries piling up for the Titans, and it sucks because they were on, they were playing fantastic all season up until this point now you get hit with all these injuries but like like you said it happens to every team but now they go lose to the texans and the patriots uh back-to-back weeks it's like i i don't know where they really stand at this point um i know i'm by this week so i think i think aj brown will be eligible to come back from injury after the bye week because i believe he's been on there for two already um just because yes. i'm on my fantasy team i'm sure they have the bye and then they go play jacksonville so you could really let him sit out one more week um, to get healthy, but um, I don't know. I don't really know where to put this team just yet um, because I know they kind of do have a uh, – actually, I wouldn't even call it an easy schedule on the way in now because, I mean, Miami's getting hot at the right time. The 49ers got hot at the right time as well. And it's like they're kind of looking both like good football teams as those kind of type of teams you don't want to meet at the end of the season when you're trying to make a push into playoffs. Um, but I think Indy um, – I honestly do think this is is going to be Indy's uh, AFC South this year. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has just looked like a beast. Carson Wentz um, is doing what he needs to do to win games. He hasn't been great. He hasn't – I wouldn't even say he's been good, but he hasn't been bad. I mean, yeah. there's the game, handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor, let him do everything for you and kind of take care of the rest after that where it needs to be. Um, yeah. That's where my stand on that AFC South right now. I agree with you. I mean, the South is a terrible division. They've got uh, Texans uh, and the Jaguars, obviously, two of the worst teams in the league overall. But the thing is, though, is in, with how Tennessee's injury history is, I really think Indianapolis has a good chance because they've hit that schneid. They've hit their stride a little bit. They had a bad loss against the Bucks. But the thing is, though, is I feel like they can bounce back based off how they've been playing. Frank Reich has got the team in a good direction again. So I think it'll come down to the wire there, but I think the I think the Colts have a good chance to take the South from the Titans just because of Tennessee's injury history right now, um, uh, compared to like how the and compared to how the Colts have been playing like as well. Um, one more question, one more thing about the AFC before I want to switch over to college football real quick. So we've got the seventh seed overall, you know. Like six and five, six and five, six and five, six and six, whatever, five, whatever. You know, we, we know who the teams are. We know who the teams are and everything. Who do you think takes that last wild card spot between like like right now? Like Chargers, 
Vegas, Denver, whoever, like between the South, either Tennessee or Indianapolis? Uh, do you think it's Pittsburgh if they find a way? Like, who do you see like in that sneaking into that seven seed compared to the rest of the AFC right now? I, I, my, my heart wants me to say the Broncos, but I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to be able to get that team in the playoffs. Um, I Raiders to me are still a big, big, big question mark. So I'm just going to have to go with the safe route and say the Chargers. I mean, clearly they have kind of slow, really slowed down from the start of the season. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think I think it's got to be the Chargers. I mean, I don't see the Broncos. I know I know that the Broncos just beat the Chargers last week and whatnot. But I just don't know if like they actually can just based on the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback, and I don't like that for them. Yeah, they play the they go to Kansas City this Sunday Sunday Night Football. We'll see how they go how that goes against for them. Now there's an actual big game. There's a big game in the AFC actually. Uh, one o'clock on Sunday. It's the Chargers actually take on the Bengals, so that game has huge div- implications in the playoff race on an overall basis. And it's kind of like an underrated game, honestly, because of how the Patriots and Bills are hyped up, and how the Kansas City Chiefs play the Denver Broncos uh, as well. So I really think, like you know, that game could not only impact like the Chargers and the Bengals in terms of the playoff race overall, but it can also impact their status in their in their respective divisions too. Because when you look at it, the Bengals are kind of, the Bengals control their own destiny in terms of like where they stand, not only in the in the North but in the Wild Card too. And the same thing with the Chargers. So we'll see how that game goes there. And obviously, seeding will be impacted based on who wins and who loses. So I'm really so I really don't know what this. I really want. I don't want to judge anything until that game happens there. Um, I still gotta go with the Raiders. I know you're going to disagree with me on that. I know we, I, uh, we don't really, I don't really want to go into a yelling and screaming match there about it, but I'm, I'm still going to go with the Raiders. I know that they hit a, they hit, I know that they hit a bump in the road after the whole Henry Ruggs incident there, but they, but that game against the Cowboys, you know, gave me a little bit, a little sense of hope saying like this team actually may find a way to fucking do something and sneak into the playoffs. I don't need them to like go and do anything. I don't need them to do anything spectacular. I just need them to get get right, get going at the right time, and be able to get into that seven or six seed, depending on how the seeding goes. And then I'll be fine with that. Obviously, like, obviously, like you know, the team does need help at wide help at wide receiver because of the rugs incident. Deshaun Jackson is doing a capable job. I mean, Darren, Darren Waller needs to be healthy. Josh Jacobs needs to stay healthy as well. Um, I mean, honestly, it is what it is there. But we'll see how the season goes, obviously. We will see what happens. Uh, I, do have, I do have one question for you. Go ahead. Ask Who, away, sir. Who's going to get the number one seed in the AFC once the season's done? I'm going to say you're, you're, you're going to hate me. You're going to fucking hate me. Don't say the Chiefs. No, I'm actually going to say the New England Patriots are going to get the one number one seed in the AFC. Only if they beat Buffalo. If if they go two and zero, they beat Buffalo on Monday night. I believe that they will t- have the driver's seat for the number one seed. If they lose on Monday night, it's going to be Buff. It's going to be Baltimore because if Baltimore beats Pittsburgh, 
I really believe Baltimore can just run the table based on how their season's been going. But if New England can beat Buffalo Monday night, they're a team that can run the table just because. And it, it goes down to coaching. Both Harbaugh and Belichick have been there before. So I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn right now. I want to see how the results pan out. I'm going to be that guy. I hope you don't mind. But I, if it all depends on who wins and who loses. If Baltimore wins on Sunday and New England wins uh, on Monday, then it'll be New England. If Baltimore loses and if, if New England loses and Baltimore wins, it will be Baltimore. But if both teams win, I'm going to say Baltimore. Because the thing is, though, is the Ravens have just found ways to win no matter what this season. We've seen it happen. I'm going with the Bills. Of course you are. Of course you are. I'm well, that's not, that's not me being biased. Is that like- I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. Okay. Can I change? Okay. Can I change my pick then? Yes. All right. It's going to be the New York Jets. I like it. <laughs> and the Lions are and the Lions are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. I like it. I, I respect <laughs> it. Maybe in about twenty years. But uh, well, speaking of seeding, we're going to move on quickly. Talk about the uh, college football playoff. Uh, we are going into championship Saturday for uh, conference championships all across the college football. And the conference championships really play a fact are going to really play a factor into who makes the top four into the college football playoff. And even maybe determine like who gets into that top six for potential new year six bowls after the playoff, obviously Notre Dame being the number six team, they're an independent. They played their last game. They wait to see what happens on Sunday when the committee uh, releases the final rankings. But we've got the number one and number three teams going to have going head to head in the SEC championship between Georgia and Alabama. Michigan, the number two team in the country, takes on Iowa in the Big Ten championship. Cincinnati will take on Houston in the in the American championship. And Oklahoma State will take on Baylor in the Big 12. And they are the number five seed. So best case scenario, if you ask me. Georgia beats Alabama. Alabama is done, which means I have a hot take. I have a hot take about my standings. Oh, I want. Oh, I would love to hear this. Um, uh, actually, give me your hot take. I want to hear All this. Right. Right. You so, kind of want. You want the whole. You want the whole thing fucking blown up into chaos, don't you? You want Alabama. Beat I, Georgia. I, I am right now. I mean, I only root. Uh, so I hope Georgia wins the national title just based on the fact that uh, one friend, one of my friends in college, loves Georgia and the dogs. So I'm rooting for them for him. Um, I'm an Notre Dame fan, um, but I am rooting for complete chaos. Um, Alabama's going to get blown up by Georgia, uh, and Michigan's going to lose to Iowa, right? Yes. Okay. okay. Oklahoma, then Oklahoma State's going to lose to Baylor. Is Cincinnati going to beat Houston? Yes. Okay, and that means Notre so, Dame would sneak into the playoff. So Notre Dame is sneaking into the playoff. Notre okay, Dame is going to win a national championship and give a big fuck you to Brian Kelly. That would be great. That would be really but great, honestly. That would be because I, I mean that, that's the reason he's leaving to go to LSU. He's like he wants an easier way path to the national championship, which I get it. It's fine. Understand. I really wouldn't I mean. consider the SEC an easier path than being an independent. I mean, well, he's recruiting is going to be easier now because Notre Dame have to get in with all the stupid grades and stuff, and they actually like need to focus on the kids' school. Not saying all the kids that play D one aren't smart. Not saying that at all. Don't take what I'm saying like that. But Don't take a, it with a grain of salt. It's a lot harder to get into Notre Dame than it is into LSU. 
Yes, exactly. Because now he's going to have more money to spend on recruiting as well because, you know, a lot more kids want to go play in the SEC and be exposed to that because more NFL picks come out of there than they do Notre Dame. Um, so it, it just gives him an easier way to title, but that's what I am rooting for. I just, I just need, honestly, I just need Alabama and Oklahoma State to lose and put Notre Dame in there because I don't see a way you can put an 11-2 and two Bama into you the can't. playoff unless you- what happens, say, they lose to, like, Georgia – 48-45 in the SEC championship game. They I, can't, still don't, I still don't think you can. They can't. They have two losses. They're gone. Especially if Michigan, especially if especially if any of the three teams below uh, ahead or below them win their conference championship. In the if case Cincinnati, of if Cincinnati loses, they're done. They're oh, Cincinnati, the committee did not want to put them in to begin with. Um, it's, if Cincinnati loses on Saturday, they're done. There's no yeah, they're done. Waiting, no. Um, if I Cincinnati, would like to see Oklahoma State get in. I would like to see that too. But the thing is, though, is like, <sighs> I don't want Michigan in. I fucking hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. I don't, I fuck that team up north. I can't stand that school up north. Well, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a nice campus and everything. Don't get me wrong, but I just hate Michigan athletics. I hate Michigan basketball, hate Michigan football. Northern, Northern, I like, I'm a Notre Dame football fan. Uh, I'm a North Carolina. Like I, I don't have any affiliation with the Big Ten for basketball. I'm North Carolina, so for basketball. But the thing is, though, is I just fucking hate Michigan. I just do. It's Who like Michigan fans. That's true. This I, is I, very, I hate Ohio State more than I do Michigan, so I was happy. This is true. So I'm okay with. The, I was okay with Ohio State losing to them because they're done. They're overrated, anyways. If you ask me. But what's the only way a two-loss Alabama team gets in? If everybody, since, everybody else loses. loses. So if everyone loses, is so I'm assuming, say Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State lose, and Alabama lose, you keep Alabama in and move Notre Dame into like the four or three spot. Yeah, you have to because they'll kick Cincinnati out because the yep. committee doesn't want Cincinnati in regardless. Oklahoma and then, State would then be two losses, and so would Michigan. Yeah, and then it would just be a matter of like which team out of the two because the thing is though Notre Dame has one loss. Like you can't, and their loss was to Cincinnati. So their loss was to Cincinnati. They didn't. They didn't have a second loss there. So you'd have to put Notre Dame in there. Uh, they should just expand the playoffs. They should just expand it to, to eight 12, or twelve teams. To 12, I think they're. I think. I think next year we're going to see a twelve team playoff. They should. We really should. The first four teams get a bye. And then what happens is that like five, like you have the matchups, like yeah. like you have, you have you the get, matchups. You go twelve, well, clearly five, like twelve, five, twelve, five, twelve, yeah. seven, ten, eight, nine, and uh, five, twelve. Um, then, you re- uh, then you re-rank from there, depending on the teams yeah, that way. Yeah, it's like five, twelve, seven, ten, eight, nine, and then six, eleven, like six, eleven, or something like that. And then whoever, like whoever wins those matchups, they play like lower seeds, play higher seeds, and so yeah. on and so forth. Um, until like I think it would, be, would bring them more money. Two, who doesn't want more football? Well, my thing is, is like if you ever expanded the college football playoff, you have to get rid of a lot of meaningless bowl games, if you ask me. Well, I, I think, really I think they would. Yes. I mean, I don't really care for bowl mania anymore. I mean, I don't. Like, when you look at a lot of the bowl games that are happening, like, I don't care to see a six-win a six team going up against a seven-win team. I don't care. I really no. don't. Half the bowl games I see on, I'm like, why are you on TV? Like, this is this is meaningless. Especially since it's around the holiday time. Go spend it with your families. You're on, you're on right, winter just, break just anyways. Have your, just have your conference championships, and then the top 12 get into the college playoff. 
Exactly. That's, that's it. All exactly. That's I mean, exactly let's, all. Let's be need. honest. How many of these bowl games do people actually watch here besides just like either one just gamblers or two people just that need something in the background, like if you're at a bar or something? Pretty much. Exactly. I mean, if you're that desperate for if you're that desperate for sports, I mean, get into soccer. I'll say that right now. And also, if you're a gambler and you're betting on the fuck, if you're betting on the fucking Dollar General Bowl, go get some fucking help. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100 with you there. Um, but, but what do you think? So, what do you think happens Saturday? What, what, what is your outcomes that you think will happen? I will... think Georgia's gonna beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay. I unfortunately I don't... don't see Iowa winning. I don't even. Uh, actually, I think Iowa can. You know what's crazy? It's still hard. It's still a Jim Harbaugh team. I can see them somehow finding a way to fuck it up. Okay, I could see, yeah, after coming off a big win. Yeah. You're coming off a big win, conference championship against Iowa. It's a trap game. It really is. I mean, I mean I, it really is a trap game. So I can see Iowa winning. I don't see Baylor beating Oklahoma State. I really I see the I see Mike Gundy taking Oklahoma State to the playoff. Um uh, you know, good for him there. It's, and that'll just be a big fuck you to everybody else in the Big 12 because they pract- everybody practically wrote the Big 12 off except for Oklahoma. So that would be great there. Um, and if Michigan and Alabama lose, I do see Cincinnati winning as well. Um, the only thing is, though, is that's, that's a trap game for Cincinnati because the thing is, though, is they know they need to win. And if it's more of a psych factor there. And Houston's good. Exactly. They're not pushovers. So if Houston win, if Houston wins, Cincinnati is out. But I see Cincinnati winning. So the only two teams I see losing are Alabama and Michigan, which means Notre Dame comes in at that number four seed. Um, uh, and then it's just a matter of who you put in at five and six for those New Year's six bowls there. Um I mean, my best case scenario would see everybody lose that needs to lose. Alabama, Michigan, and Oklahoma State, and just to see like how they somehow find a way to put Alabama in the playoff, even though they have two losses, including you know the gonna, if, if every big team loses this weekend, they're going to keep Alabama in. Exactly because they want the rating. They they're, want the yeah. ratings. They and don't want. They love. And they'll, yeah, they'll keep Michigan in too because they want the ratings. Notre Dame brings ratings, but the thing is, though, is they'd rather have Michigan play like they'd rather have. They'd rather have Michigan play Alabama in a semifinal. So you think you think a you think a two loss Michigan could still get in over Notre Dame because of how corrupt the committee is? Yes, because we know the committee's corrupt. They don't care. They don't care about the who is the best team. They they care about what the best ratings are. They really yeah. th- Notre Dame and they Notre Dame brings ratings. But the thing is though is like nobody's gonna want like they're not gonna want to see Notre Dame like have an independent and a group of five in the committee. It's either going to be one or the other, and they're not going to do both. Unless everybody loses, unless all the power five, unless all those three teams, those three teams lose, then it's going to happen. But if it's, if that's the case, then it won't there, but I don't know. We'll see what happens Saturday. I think it's going to be a good slate of games. I mean, practically, like if I'm not going to be leaving my couch from like 12 o'clock on, honestly, I mean, I'll watch, I'm going to watch the uh, I'll watch the big I'll watch the Big Twelve championship. I'll watch the SEC championship, um, and then and I'll watch the Big Ten championship after that because those will be the three games that will be like practically like I'll have my eyeballs on there. Um, 
but other than that, I have nothing really else to say about college football. No, yeah, I'm just hoping I work Saturday, so I'm going to try to get out by at least 3.30 so I can get home and watch Georgia, Alabama, and then at 8, Michigan and Iowa. That's just my goal for Saturday is just to be able to watch those two at least. I'll try to keep Oklahoma State and Baylor on my phone. I'm in the truck and look at it when I can. But unfortunately, I will not be able to sit on my ass all day Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm sorry for you there, buddy. I really am. Um, uh, it, is, it does suck for you there, but hey, at least you'll be able to see two. Hopefully, you'll be able to see the two best, the two best games of the weekend there. And speaking of games, guess who doesn't have games coming? Guess who won't have games coming up soon if they can't get their fucking shit together? Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. That I guess I'm going to go on my soapbox here for this one because I mean, like, I I know you follow baseball, but the thing that I love this game, I really do. And while Major League Baseball is in a work stoppage for the first time in 26 years, the last time a work stoppage happened, neither of us were alive. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners were not alive either when a work stoppage happened in 1994. Um, But here we are, December 2nd, 2021. We are recording this podcast, and we are officially in an era where Major League Baseball is in a lockout. Over the past few days, free agency deals have been happening left and right, and even trades have been happening left and right in terms of just getting deals across the board because the players and the owners and the league, they knew that the lockout was impending. Yesterday on December 1st, do you know how long that they talked to on uh, yesterday? Uh, talked to each other to try and actually have discussions for yesterday. Was it only like an hour? No, less. Jesus. Take take a guess. I, I really want you to take a guess here. Twenty minutes. Less. Jesus Christ. Yeah, seven minutes. Most men don't even last seven minutes in bed. More, most men can last longer than seven minutes in bed too. So take and pick your poison there. But yeah, seven minutes. Take the under on me every time. <laughs> take the take the under. Take, take the under on Paiska. <laughs> that's my weekly. That's how I'm shouting out Paiska this week, by the way. Hey, Paiska, at least I don't got to watch the fucking shitty Red Sox anymore. <laughs> uh, they traded. Oh, one of the moves that happened before the lockout, uh, it actually happened like it was like an it was like an eleven it was like on the eleventh hour move there that happened before the lockout took effect. The Red Sox actually traded Hunter Renfro to the uh, Milwaukee Bre- uh, the Brewers, and they ended up getting Jackie Bradley Jr. back in return. Yeah, I feel like most players with the free eight, like everyone knew lockout was coming. Um, let's be honest. Um, most of these players wanted to be signed to their new team before the lockout happened, so they get their family moved and everything. Um, for being honest. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that really got me was, like, a lot of the moves, like, are had that happened. Like, I'm not surprised that they happened, but at the same time, like, it's just been a crazy, like, past few days. I mean, honestly, like, taking I was taking a look this morning at all of the moves that happened over the past few days. I mean, we'll start with yesterday. I mean, Marcus Stroman went to uh, Chicago, the Cubs, for three years, $71 million. The Dodgers brought back Chris Taylor. Um, under the under the radar, Rich Hill joined the Red Sox on a one-year deal. Um, Corey Knebel signed with the Phillies. 
Then the Red Sox traded back and traded Hunter Redfro to get back Jackie Bradley Jr. That was all yesterday, like those 11th hour moves right there. I still am, I still want Pliskin to explain to me why the Red Sox traded away JBJ and then brought him back. I really don't understand that move there. But, I mean, even take a couple days ago, the Tigers landing Javier, ba- the Tigers landing Javier Baez. I mean, the Cubs added Jan Gomes and Clint Frazier. Um, the Marlins traded. Uh, the Marlins made a trade to acquire Joey Rent, uh, Joey Wendell. Uh, the Orioles at, uh, signed Rogan Nodur. Um, going back a couple days ago, November twenty, uh, a couple few days ago, November 29th, the Rangers signed Corey Seager. Um, the Mariners gave Robbie Ray the bag. Um, let's see here. I mean, the Marlins traded for Jacob Stallings. Then even before that, the Rangers started the offseason spending by signing Marcus Simeon. I mean, they gave him a seven-year, $175 million deal. Kevin Gausman, a five-year deal with the Blue Jays. Byron Buxton signed an extension with the Twins. Corey Kluber signed a one-year deal with Tampa. Uh, with Tampa. The Mariners traded for Adam Frazier a few, year, a few days ago. Oh, Max Scherzer signing with the Mets, too. How could I forget that? Man, I Max, mean, baby. <laughs> You better hope to God as a Mets fan that him and that him and Degrom do not get injured at all. You know that's not going to happen. Degrom's injured every season. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's why I'm kind of laughing. The same thing with Scherzer. I mean, he go. I mean, if I mean right now, get... looking looking at baseball history, I think right. Like I think the Mets right now have the best one-two punch, um, pitching wise, like in history. Yeah, and both also... guys just can't stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. You literally have fucking hot, fucking inju- fucking injury BC, like injury baseball club up at like as your one two punch. And if they get injured at the same time, you guys are kind of fucked there because. No, you know what's gonna happen. It's the life of a Mets fan. Because you guys lost, you guys ended up losing Syndergaard to the Angels too, which was which is insane. But the thing is, though, going back on the lockout, like it really upset. It it, it fucking upsets me. It really does. I mean, um. I'm as much as before the lockout happened, I was upset that the Yankees weren't making any moves, but I understood why they weren't making any moves because they're exploring all their options. And I believe Brian Cashman knew that the lockout was impending anyways, because now that a lockout happens, now that a lockout has happened, obviously meetings are canceled. Like the winter meetings, like they're not a thing. Uh, players can't work out. Um, owners and pl- owners, managers, they can't. No baseball related activities can be done right now in terms of free agency moves, trade moves, discussions with players on current contracts. Nothing baseball related can happen because of that. I mean, we've seen it happen in hockey with them. We've seen it happen in basketball. We've seen it happen in football. So we know what we know what to expect here as as sports fans. But Looking at it from a perspective for as a Yankees fan for myself, when the lockout does come to an end, hopefully sooner than later, Cashman can find Cashman can evaluate everything because when the CBA gets changed, a lot of things change like a lot of things change in terms of you know how how money gets dealt in terms of contracts, how things get dealt in terms of like deals with networks and everything. Um, another thing too is like the main priority of this lockout is that a lot of players like really want an expanded po- uh, teams want an expanded postseason. Another thing too is that they want like the universal DH. Um, but the thing that I found out today that really disgusted me is that like they they knew like Major League Baseball and the Players Association knew that this writing was on the wall for months. 
And that's what really grinded my gears there. Like if you knew this was on, this was happening, like the writing was on the wall for major league baseball here in terms of a lockout. I like, why didn't you do a fucking thing about it? Like, Major League Baseball Players Association, you're a bunch of fucks. Go fuck yourselves, okay? The players, the the players get paid good contracts. I, I I understand, like you know, not everybody gets paid a decent, gets paid as much as like equally. But the thing is, though, that's how it is in all sports, okay? Even the lower ranked players, they st- even the lower level players on the team, they still make a they still make a good amount of money, okay? Rob Manfred, you're a piece of shit because not only have you got Major League Baseball into a work stoppage for the first time since 1994. You have failed to grow the game. You've been riddled with scandal, and you're just an outright terrible commissioner. I mean, how many scandals have you been associated with in terms of your tenure as commissioner? You had the Astro sign stealing scandal. You had the Red Sox accused of sign stealing. The Yankees were even accused of sign stealing. Okay, you've had the uh, the issues with the tainted balls. Uh, in terms of benefiting both hitters and pitchers, you came out and admitted that two different types of balls were used last season in terms of benefiting both pitchers and hitters. Then you have the whole issue with the um, uh, the stick, whatever sticky stuff pitchers were using. You may like last season that everybody seems to forget, like. And again, like I said, going to try and grow the league and the game of baseball as a whole. It's just been really annoying there. So I get like, so I get like why a lockout has happened. But the thing is, though, is that Major League Baseball will never recover, if you ask me. Like, I really believe that Major League Baseball, it's going to be like the spring of 1995 all over again. My, I was talking with my dad about this um, uh, when I went back to my parents' house over Thanksgiving break. And he was telling me how back in 1995, like everything was chaos once once the lockout ended and the strike ended. And then he told me that it took like two to three years for everybody to like fall in love with the game. Yeah, I really think that Major League Baseball there like is shooting itself not in the foot, but in the head in terms of what has happened with this lockout. Now, I don't know how long this lockout is going to last. But it is like here we are now, December 2nd. We'll see what happens as the days go on. Hopefully it's only hopefully it's only days, not weeks and months, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but that's just my soapbox moment for Major League Baseball with their lockout right now. Um, I do want to just, you know, talk about briefly before I conclude the podcast about Tiger Woods. Um, last week, earlier this week, he was seen swinging, like actually swinging a golf club. He put a video out there. He started swinging, taking one swing, then taking two swings. And I mean, he had, he's hosting his tournament, the hero world challenge this week. Um, and he had a press conference and he also had a couple interviews this week. And he said that he's going to be done full t- as a full-time golfer, but he's not going to be done from golf completely. He's going to try and com- come back in golf. Um, I'm actually proud that he's good, ha- proud and happy that he's going to try and come back in golf because it just shows the type of, char- the type of character that he has as a fighter especially with everything that he has dealt with in his career in his career going back all those years the injuries and every with the injuries the car crash the back problems 
the issues with his, the issues uh, in terms of his uh, in terms of like his ex-wife, past relationships. So I'm glad that he is able to swing a golf club again. I understand that he's done as a full-time golfer. The, that was inevitable. And me as a golf fan, I'm just happy that he is able to swing a golf club and try and come back as a as a professional golfer. So we'll see what happens there for the future for him there. I'm just happy that I'm just happy that like you know he's resuming normal activities for the most part even though he thought he would have lost either a limb or his entire leg um in that freak car ac- freakish car accident that happened all the, uh, all those few months back. But other than that, I'm happy for him uh in terms of like his progress. I'm sure golf fans are as well. Uh other golf fans, I know my co-host is um but that's just my fi- that's just my thought on that there. And one more thing before we conclude today's episode of the Lonely Heart Sports podcast. I just want to do a quick shout out to a great friend of the pod. I want to shout out my corrupt yet wonderful fantasy football commissioner, good friend of the pod, my good Nick, Nick is a Dorzak. As today we're recording, today December 2nd is his birthday. I just want to shout you out, Nick. Say happy birthday to you. Wish you all the best today on your birthday. You know, uh, hopefully we can catch up again uh, over the holiday season, either either whether it's Christmas or New Year's. Um, But I hope you had a good birthday. Wanted to shout you out, even though you are a corrupt fantasy football commissioner. And it is what it is there. But happy birthday. Hope you enjoyed the day. With that being said... That concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to us and subscribe to us on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. You can also follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast 2021. I know I haven't been, I know me, I run the Twitter account. I haven't been active lately on that Twitter account, mainly just because I'm not trying to be active on social media. I'm really starting to hate social media because of some of the shit I see on there. And also, I'm getting old. I'm going to be 24 myself. I really kind of don't care. I'm not a teenager anymore. But I really need to start being active on there. There, I promise I will try to do better. I know I'll promote the podcast on the Twitter account. But other than that, again, thank you for listening. Have a, and, and until next time, first off, Paiska, we love you, but fuck you. The Red Sox suck. You never explained to me why Jackie Bradley Jr. left Boston and came back a season later, but it is what it is. But until then, just keep on chugging along.